Welcome back to another episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Corey Jason alongside Ben Mandel here, John Pauline joining us. We got a heavy one to talk about today. Possibly the worst division in all of baseball, the NL Central. Really going back to back, AL Central, NL Central. If it's not on the coast, it's not a good pro- it's not a good division. But let's start it off to talk a little bit of injury news. Last episode, we talked about how Harrison Bader, we weren't sure his timeline with the oblique injury. We do now. He's going to be out at least six weeks, and I can see this lasting all season. It's going to be a tough one for the Yankee center fielder. It's not going to be fun. This is this is something we're going to be hearing about forever. Now, guys, is there anybody uh, else out there that's a little hurt that we need to mention here? Yeah, the Mets actually are dealing with some problems. We all know Jose Quintana um, was dealing with some issues. Senga, the big signing that they had uh, out of Japan, Kodai Senga, he's having an issue with his finger. It looks like they're going through some additional tests. He did come out today, though, and say he plans to be ready for opening day. He says he does not see a scenario where he is not on the Mets' active roster for opening day. Now, Another issue uh, that happened today, Starling Marte took a pitch to the head. He does seem to be okay. Early tests are showing that he does not have a concussion. So hopefully Starling Marte is okay. We all know how many pitches the Mets got hit with last year. Set a record for baseball. Um, And Buck Showalter, uh, when the Mets set the record, he asked for the baseball. So that shows how locked in Buck Showalter is and how much he how many hit by pitches he realized his team had in the moment but you know Marte took one off the head in spring training does appear to be okay though I think the Phillies have uh I think two key players hurt right now injuries pitchers Andrew Painter and Ranger Suarez Andrew Painter had a tender elbow had a tender elbow and I guess under you know getting second opinions and stuff it turned out to be a UCL sprain they don't think it needs surgery now, but I would say if it is, if they do need surgery, you'd want to get it done as soon as possible and get it out of the way. So he's only 19, going to be 20. So, you know, a lot of time to recover and get back to where he was and get better. And Ranger Suarez got pulled from the World Baseball Classic after suffering a forearm, forearm injury. So I haven't seen any timeline on that table, but uh, Painters, they're keeping him out for at least four weeks, and I haven't seen anything about Suarez, but you just hope these two come back, you know, early on the season, because if they don't, Philly's pitching staff's going to be hurting. Yeah, Ranger Suarez is a big one for the Phillies. Uh, one of my coworkers that I worked with on WILK, Mark Davis, big Phillies fan, and that's what we used to do. We used to just sit and talk baseball. If anybody uh, listening to the podcast has listened to WILK in the past two years, you would under you would definitely hear it because sometimes we bring it on the air. Ranger Suarez is the guy that he has been the most excited about the last two years since the Phillies shifted him into uh, the starting role towards the end of 21. This guy was spectacular last year when they finally were able to ramp him up and let him throw. Um, His projections on fan graphs look really good. A 3-5-4 ERA as the number two starter for this Philly, or number three starter, rather, for this Phillies team. Arguably even number four if Taiwan Walker has a good season and can slide up into that number uh, three role. So for the Phillies, their depth does take a big hit, and their rotation, which looks solid, is not as solid if Ranger Suarez isn't healthy. Injuries suck. There's there's no other way to put it. It's not fun when your team's going through it. And also, when a team you don't like's going through it, you want to beat them at their best. 
Luckily, it's only spring training still. Got a little bit more time before the season starts, so hopefully a lot of these injuries clear up and these guys get back out there for the uh, the home stretch. We're talking a couple playoff teams among these three, but there's another uh, playoff tournament of, of sorts, if you will. The WBC is still going on, and we're getting into the thick of it. USA beat Great Britain 6-2 on Saturday. Schwarber hit a three-run home run. And I got to say, guys, Wayno's looking real old. Now Cuba and Italy are advancing to the quarterfinals from Pool A. There was a five-team tie in Pool A. There's only five teams in Pool A. So how that works, it's the fewest runs allowed divided by defensive outs made. So it really puts the pressure on the defense to play well. But that's how they figured it out for the five-team tie. Runs allowed divided by defensive outs. Taiwan is relegated because they came in last with that tie, meaning they have to go through the uh, qualifying tournament the next time around for the WBC. Also, Japan advanced to the quarterfinals. They outscored opponents 38-8 to in four games. Japan will be playing Italy in the quarterfinals next round. But now let's get into the NL Central. You know, a division where we've had a World Series winner within the last decade in the Cubs. We've had a team like the Cardinals who haven't had a losing season since 2007. You had some good teams. The Brewers are perennially in the race. Last year, 2022, the way it shook down, Cardinals won the division 93-69. and 69. The Brewers, 86-76. The Cubs in third, 74-88. and 88. The Reds, 62-100. and 100. The Pirates, 62-100. and 100. Two abysmal teams. And let's start with that. Let's start with the most abysmal team in that division, the Pirates. This season, they're going to be rocking with Mitch Keller, Rich Hill, JT Brubaker, Ranzi Contreras, and Johan Oviedo in their rotation. Their lineup's looking a little uh, tough, too. Austin Hedges catching, G-Man Choi at first, Rodolfo Castro at second, Cabrian Hayes at third, O'Neal Cruz at short, Connor Joe in left, Brian Reynolds in center, Andrew McCutcheon back in town in right. Carlos Santana will be doing a lot of DHing for them. And guys, alongside of how you think this team's going to play, when is Brian Reynolds going to get traded? It's got to happen soon, right? It's going to happen before the deadline, and I'm shocked it didn't happen before the season is starting, but I guess the market did not materialize the way the Pirates wanted. And just by naming those starters, you clearly uh, showed what the Pirates are waiting for, and that's starting pitching. Uh, They said they wanted at least one, if not two, major league-ready starters, as well as a prospect and a major league-ready position player. Now, that's a high asking price, but Brian Reynolds is a strong center fielder. He plays a solid defense uh, out there. But his bat is what teams want. And for the Pirates, their lineup will be solid with uh, Cruz and Reynolds as long as Reynolds is still there. McCutcheon was okay when he could stay healthy for the Phillies last year. It'll be a very low stress, not a lot of pressure on McCutcheon to go out there and play. He's not going to have to worry about getting traded because this really is his swan song, going back to Pittsburgh to finish his career. But you know, I think Key Brian Hayes might bounce back and have a better season, but really we'll just have to see with the Pirates. There's just a lot of question marks, and the rotation is rough. 
I think the Pirates are just really waiting for like all their prospects to just start showing up and like be the stars they think they're going to be and hope they're going to be. Because right now like, you have a lot of their prospects coming up and they're not they're they're good, but they haven't really materialized into, I guess, what they were really hoping for yet. Great stuff, guys. Now let's go up a little bit to a better team in that division. Let's go the Brew Crew, the Brewers. They got pretty good rotation coming in. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Eric Lauer, Freddie Peralta, Wade Miley. That's a heck of, that's a heck of a one through five right there. For them, the lineup, William Contreras catching, first base, Rowdy Tellez, second base, Bryce Terang, third base, Luis Urias, shortstop, Willie Adamas, left field, Christian Yelich, center field, Garrett Mitchell, right field, Brian Anderson. The agent for them will be Jesse Winker. And, guys, this is a team I think the new schedule is really going to hurt. They're going to be losing 18 games versus the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. How bad is that going to hurt them this year? So, for the Brewers, the big thing is they're starting pitching. We know it's very good. And there were a lot of talks about if the Brewers were going to trade away Corbin Burns. For some reason, that's been a question, especially after they dumped off Josh Hader last year at the trade deadline. Honestly, though, with this division, it's understandable that they're going to lose some of those games against the lesser teams, but the Cardinals are going to lose some of those games as well. So you have to hope that will still even things out. Uh, I do think that the Cubs are going to be a better team this year, so that alone is going to hurt things. Uh, Really, for the Brewers, it comes down to if the lineup can consistently hit because we know the pitching is going to be there. I think by far the Brewers probably have the best the the best pitching rotation and pitching staff in that uh, division. I don't think anyone any team in that division even comes close uh, to their pitching. You just hope that the they don't trade you know that they don't that the Brewers don't try you know the fix what's not broken because I think when they traded away Hater last year I think that was a mistake and I just hope they don't do the same with Burns. Yeah, now let's move on to the Cubs, the good old Cubbies here, their rotation. To me, not the best. Their number one, Marcus Stroman, followed by Jamison Tyone, Justin Steele, Drew Smiley, and Adrian Sampson. Their lineup, they're rocking with Tucker Barnhart catching, Eric Hosmer at first, Nico Horner at second, third base, Patrick Wisdom, shortstop, the new guy, Dansby Swanson, left field, Ian Happ, center field, Cody Bellinger, right field, Christopher Morrell, just a note, Seiya Suzuki will end up being their right fielder, but he's out with an oblique right now. Also, DH Trey Mancini. My question to you guys, though, was losing Wilson Contreras worth it? And was getting Dansby Swanson seven years, 177, also worth it? Should they have used that money to bring back Contreras? Yes, this is worth it because the Cubs needed a solution at shortstop, and I think they found it in Dansby Swanson. Uh, As a Mets fan and John, as a Phillies fan, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. We have seen Dansby Swanson's progression, and he has continuously gotten better and grown into that number one overall pick everyone thought he was going to be. He is a true superstar in this league. I think that is pretty solid money uh, to give to him. You're not overcommitting, seeing what the shortstop market has bared and the numbers that he has produced. I think the Cubs have a solid lineup. The question mark comes into the rotation and the back end of it. I think the top three guys in that rotation are middle to back end of the rotation guys in good rotations. So 
really, they're just going to have to score a lot of runs. I think it'll be enough to be competitive, but not really a playoff team. Like you said, Dansby Swanson is just a bona fide superstar. I mean, he puts up the numbers, he shows up, and it's like you know what you're getting with him. It's like you know, no, you're not in for a surprise. Like you know, he's gonna, you know, what he's gonna do. You know, what he's, in, you know, how he's gonna produce. You know, he's gonna play. You know what you're getting. I think the Cubs can be, you know, competitive. I think they're pretty solid on offense, but it's where you just have to see how their pitching holds up. Yeah, real quick before we move on to the next team, I gotta put it out there. Dansby Swanson to me is not a superstar. He is a fraud. He is not that good. He just really is not a good player. He just played well in the contract year. Now let's go to the Reds. Their rotation, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, Luke Weaver, and Luis Sessa. Their lineup. Catching for them, Tyler Stevenson. First base, Will Myers. Second base, Jonathan India. Third base, Spencer Steer. Shortstop, Kevin Newman. Left field, TJ Friedel. Center field, Nick Senzel. Right field, Jake Fraley. dh and Joey Votto. He's going to get a little bit more DH time this year the older he gets. My question, guys, can Hunter Green be a future ace? He seems to have the most upside out of anybody on this roster. Uh, yeah, and we thought Aristides Aquino had a ton of upside as well when he went on that tear and hit a bunch of home runs. Now, that's not the best comparison because I do think Hunter Green is going to be a superstar. I think this year he stays healthy and he takes that step. I mean, 6'5", 242, and the guy is, what, 24 years old? They're coming into the season at 23 years old. He is a really, really good pitcher. He's got electric stuff, not only the velocity, but tons of movement to go with it. I think, you know, Hunter Green is definitely a star in the making, but the issue is the rest of the roster around him. You know, you can't even say, oh, yeah, you know, they're going to score runs at least because you look at their lineup and think, and you don't really see where the runs are coming from. I think, you know, they made a couple of moves where they just kind of brought in some veteran guys to help develop these younger players, help give them some experience. But really, it's just going to be a long season in Cincinnati. I think the Reds have a great foundation to uh, have a great. I think the Reds have a great foundation to build off of with Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. They're both really young. And so far, they've shown that they can be like really good. And I almost think I think Hunter Green may even make the All Star team this year, if he puts it if he if he does well, but it's just the rest of the Reds team just isn't really up to snuff, and it's just see if they can maybe step up yet. But I don't think uh, I don't I think they have a ceiling. Now for the final team in the division, the defending champions of the NL Central, the Cardinals, they're rocking with Adam Wainwright, Miles McAllis. Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Stephen Matz. They're trotting out to the field. Wilson Contreras, Paul Goldschmidt at first. Second base, Brendan Donovan. Third base, Nolan Arenado. Shortstop, Tommy Edmond. Left field, Lars Newtbar. Center field, Tyler O'Neill. Right field, Dylan Carlson. They're DHing Juan Yepes. For me, guys, this rotation is a big cause for concern. Is it for you? They're trotting that 1,000-year-old Adam Wainwright, and just everybody behind him has some type of issue. They don't have a number two behind him, really. It's going to be a tough year for the Cardinals rotation. What do you guys think? 
I think that the rotation is certainly the biggest question mark on this team by far. I think the lineup is very strong, especially with the addition of Wilson Contreras. Talk about a seamless move and catcher going from Yadier Molina to Wilson Contreras. And with the way Yadier's career uh, finished offensively, they're going to upgrade even off of Yadier Molina. So that is a a good move there. The rotation, I, I still have hope for Jack Flaherty. I still have hope and think that he can be something special. I just can't think that, you know, everything that he did is just gone and everything, all that potential is just not going to come out because I do think that Jack Flaherty can be a big time pitcher in this league. I think Miles Michaelis was fantastic last year and I think he's going to follow it up again. I'm excited to see him pitch in the World Baseball Classic uh, for Team USA. Miles Michaelis definitely resurrected his career last year. Uh, but also, I mean, the bullpen, we saw how shaky the bullpen was for St. Louis in the playoffs last year. Managing uh, looked like uh, Marmol was out of his league and he was completely out coached in that playoff series. So I think while the Cardinals may be the best team in the division, it's a weak division. I think the I think the Cardinals offense and their uh, lineup is just is very solid. And I think it's probably one of the best lineups in the division. But the rotation is just not there. I mean, the only two guys that are probably that you'd even consider being good is are Wainwright and Michaelis. And out of those two, I would say Michaelis is probably the only consistent one out of the two because Wainwright is just older and he's just not who he used to be. Yeah, I do have faith in some of these guys. I'm a big Jack Flaherty uh, truther. It's just it's been five, six years since he's been consistently good. Steven Matz is always hurt. The Cardinals should run away with this one, but it's going to be tough. And that's where I do have the Cardinals in this division. I'm predicting them to win in 2023. My record for them, 90 and 72. Bit of a drop off. You have some age coming in, plus playing a lot of better teams more with the new schedule change. Pakota has them at 86 and 76. How do you guys feel about the Cardinals record-wise? I think the Cardinals can crack 90 wins. I think they're going to win the division. So I have them over the Pakoda projections. I just think that, you know, this lineup is good enough and this division is weak enough. And even though they have less games against the bottom of the division, they are going, I could see them winning 11 or 12 games against both the Reds and the Pirates. And I could also see them winning, you know, nine or 10 games against the Cubs with how the Cubs are and their rotation. So, While their rotation is a weakness, it's a weakness in every other team in the division as well. So it's something that won't necessarily bog them down. Their lineup is by far the best in the division. As long as Arenado and Goldschmidt do not take a dip, this team should be really good because I also really like Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson out there as well. I think I want to say I have the Cardinals over the Dakota prediction as well. I think they're probably the best team in that division overall, just purely based off of their lineup. And they do have, you know, a solid pitcher or two, but just not anyone amazingly great. I really think, though, they might have a tough time with the Brewers, though. I really think. I So I don't know if, they, if they're going to have an easy time maybe winning the division, but I think they still are. Yeah, speaking of the Brewers, I have them coming in second. Probably just falling short of a wild card berth, but they'll be in it in September. I'm giving them a record of 86 and 76. Pakoda has them at 87 and 75, so I'm right there with Pakoda. 
Yeah, I'm under on that. I think they're a 500 ball club. And I do think this team ends up selling some pieces at the deadline again. I know the locker room, everybody was lost for about a month after the hater trade. And then they finally started picking things up again and giving Philly a little bit of a scare. But that first month after they traded Hater, the locker room just felt like this te- the organization didn't believe that they could win. And that's why it's so weird that they went out and made that hater deal. And I know hater started out a little rough in San Diego, but he's one of the best relievers on the team. How do you do that when you're trying to win a championship? And that was the biggest issue. I think, you know, the Brewers have a solid lineup. They are definitely the second best team in the division, but I do think that this is the weakest division in the national league. And with the schedule, I just don't think there's a lot of wins. I think they're a 500 ball club at best. I think the Brewers are going to end up doing almost maybe as I was talking before. I think the as I was talking about before, I think the Brewers are going to end up doing just as good, possibly maybe better than the Cardinals. Just based off the fact that last year at the end of the season, the Josh Hader trade really threw off just the whole chemistry of the ball club in the locker room and everything, and they just weren't playing, I guess, their best baseball. But I think now that it, that's all out of the way and it's every time's that time to settle and the locker room, you know, is, you know, back to normal. I think as long as the organization believes that this team can win and doesn't uh, doesn't mess with anything, I think they're going to give the Cardinals a run for their money. All right. Now, this is where the division gets a little wonky. You got some really bad teams coming up in third place for me. I actually have the Pittsburgh Pirates coming in at 68 and 94. Pretty steep drop off. Not really high on any of these teams. Pakoda has the Pirates in fourth place at 72 and 90. Certainly under. Hammer the under on Pakoda there. I agree with you, Corey. I think that they are going to be under the 70 win mark. I do not believe they are going to be in third place in the division, though. I think this team still is a few years away, especially since we figure that Brian Reynolds will not be a part of the roster this entire season. They just don't have enough bats in the lineup after that to get runs. I mean, what do you really think of G-Man Choi? What do we really think of Key Brian Hayes? Does he have a better year? Does Carlos Santana still have anything left in the tank? I mean, there's a reason why he's over in Pittsburgh DHing. So. Maybe Santana has a resurrection of a season, but even if he does, he'll be traded. This team does not top 70 wins. I think they come in fourth in the division. I think they can top 70 wins if, for some reason, Brian Reynolds doesn't get traded. If he ends up staying there for the whole season, I think they can I think they can hit that 70 win mark. But if he but assuming he gets assuming he is going to get traded early on in the season. I think they won't come anywhere near it this year unless like barring some of their prospects just showing up and becoming just like superstars out of the blue. I think they're probably going to end up just coming in fourth. Now the team I have coming in fourth is the Chicago Cubs. To me, they're just soft all around. They are not going to be a good team. They have that name value, but we're going back to the Cubs of old back when the Cubs and Astros battled it out for the worst records ever. These Cubs are not going to be good. I also have them at 68 and 94. Pakoda a little bit more forgiving at 75 and 87. I just think these Cubs are going to be horrendous to watch. 
Yeah, and Corey, that's because you're so low on Dansby Swanson. And I was going to say something to you following up Dansby Swanson points before, but I figured I'd wait until now when, when you bring up the Cubs. Dansby Swanson, while I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's a bona fide superstar, he's definitely getting up to that. And he was one of the top shortstops available on the market. You look at what the Phillies just gave Trey Turner. And then you look at what the Cubs just gave Dansby Swanson. In terms of production, how can you not like the move? Dansby Swanson is definitely a very, very good baseball player. The guy had a 329 on base and a 277 average, 25 home runs and 96 RBIs last year. This guy had a very strong season and he followed it up a strong season in 21. So you can't just say he played well in a contract year when he had two less home runs. His average was uh, lower at 248 the year before, but this guy has been a machine for Atlanta since they went on that run in 2020 into the NLCS, that abbreviated season. He had a strong season and, you know, he has been a key part in this team, in the Braves' success, and I'm not sure they're really going to seamlessly be able to transition on without him. I think you're going to see the value that Dansby Swanson brings. And the other thing we didn't even mention is the glove. He's got a very, very, very good glove at shortstop, and it shores a lot of things up, especially when your best pitcher is going to be Marcus Stroman, who gets a ton of ground balls. I don't think we mentioned that the Cubs, don't they have Cody Bellinger now too? Yes, and and Corey did bring that up, and Bellinger's definitely hoping to resurrect his career outside of Los Angeles. Um, Sorry to cut you off there, John. I just do want to – I have to throw in there. Third-place standing prediction for the Cubs, I think they get around 73 wins. Sorry, John, over to you. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. The Cubs Cubs going in third place. And I think think if Cody Bellinger can, you know, resurrect himself and become what he once was with the Cubs – I think they'll have a pretty decent team this year. All right, guys, now for the fifth-place team in the NL Central. I'm going Cincinnati Reds, but I'm giving them a record of 60-102. and Now, it sounds really low. It's not unheard of, all right? In recent years in modern baseball, the Detroit Tigers in 2003 had a 43-119 record. If you want to go even more recent than that, the 2018 Baltimore Orioles, 47 and 15. 2019 Tigers, 47 and 114. It's happened. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think it's almost impossible to be that bad. But this is a team I can see getting even under 60 wins. But I'm going to right now leave it 60 and 102. Pakoda has them at 68 and 94. I just think the Reds are going to be really, really bad. And they have to play better teams in their division. You know, we talked about how the Brewers lost 18 games versus the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. You know what? The Reds lost, you know, games versus the Cubs and Pirates, too. They're going to have to play the Astros, the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, all these really good teams. They're going to have to play them even more. So I think the Reds are going to struggle to get around that 60-win mark, but that's where I'm putting them. Yeah, and think about it. The NL Central, again, has not played 
the American League West in some time. So now they're going to have to see the likes of Shohei Otani. They're going to have to see the likes of the Seattle Mariners and what they can do now. They're going to have to see the defending champion Houston Astros. So there is definitely talent, and you have to figure, I mean, the other two teams out there in the American League West as well, Texas with all their spending in free agency the last two years have to be better. So, you know, there's just, all around when you are the worst division in baseball you're not going to be able to turn and look for wins outside of your division so it's it's going to be difficult especially you know you pointed it out core they when you're not beating up on the bottom teams like the cubs and the pirates that means they're beating up on you and it, it, that means you're at the bottom of not only the division but the league i think that's probably like a fair judgment that they're going to be in they're going to finish in last in the division they have some good building blocks to go off of, but it's just their 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 whole team as a whole is just missing a lot of pieces, and they're pretty far away from being competitive. And I think even now with uh, all the teams playing, like every team outside of their division, I think it's just going to be tougher for them to pick up wins, and they're just going to end up being at the bottom of the barrel, like Ben said, not only in the division but in you know all of baseball. That's going to do it, though, for this episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast, previewing the NL Central. Guys, it was great talking with you, and make sure to keep listening. Next episode, we're going to be breaking down the NL West. So keep tuning in to the Outsider Sports Podcast Network.